Welcome to the Think Bold, Be Bold podcast. Chris and Alan will be sharing unique and raw insight on what it takes to succeed. Both hosts are authors and businessmen and have been mentoring and consulting for their clients for over 50 years with their combined knowledge. So without further ado, we have an exciting show for you today. Let's get started. Hi, it's Christopher Cumbie here with Think Bold, Be Bold with my awesome co-host, Alan. Alan, you there? Hey, Chris, I'm here. How's it going today? Hey, I'm excellent. Excellent. Thank you for asking. And uh, Alan, um, you know, what's going on in Portland uh, today? Uh, basically, there's a rush uh, from Lowe's on ARCs. Wow. Yeah, it's been raining nonstop for, for uh, four days now. We've got flooding everywhere. But uh, outside of that, I'm doing fine. I'm sitting about 45 feet in the air, so I'm having a great time. You know, I can see above the clouds. So life is good in my neck of the woods. Excellent. And, um, you know, we've got a great show ahead, and, and, you know, we had a fantastic show uh, with J.J. Burden. We had a a nice in-between. We talked about a few things, and um, if you haven't heard that show, uh, please go back. We've got some uh, different things. We're uh, starting to plant the seeds. Um, Alan, I'm going to let you introduce uh, our guest today. Uh, You know, we had a chance... um, uh, to uh, review some uh, information on uh, on our guest, and you know he's an extraordinary individual. I've known him for uh, quite a few years. Very creative, uh, you know, man, and uh, has a lot going on to offer. He's been working with a ton of people and organizations. Um, he's been all over the world. But uh, Alan, take it away, and uh, we'll uh, we'll get started. Yeah, I'll tell you the profit for purpose. I'll tell you, uh, pretty pretty fortunate to have this uh, young man uh, with us today. He's done a. Uh, he's got quite a track record. Uh, helped an, an awful lot of people. Uh, humble guy. Been there and back. And uh, it's a privilege uh, and a pleasure to welcome Dave Clare. He is indeed the self-proclaimed prophet for purpose. Dave Clare is in the house. He's in the house. DC in the house. Yes. <laughs> How you doing, Dave? I'm doing fantastic for a very young, <laughs> fifty-year-old. Hey, I'm doing great. I am, so you're young and. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. It's an honor, actually, to be on the Think Bold, Be Bold podcast. Truly an honor. Thank you, gentlemen. Well, we're privileged to have you here. Well, um, you've are. got, uh, you know, a lot to offer the audience, and um, you know that's why we're going to give you a lot of the stage today, Dave. I, you know, again, I've had the privilege. To be around this guy for a lot of years, and you know, I learned so much from him. He's got so many uh, Davisms, and you know, you're, you're going to hear them: uh, Clarisms, Davisms, Clarisms. Yeah. Clarisms. <laughs> I, I I prefer to call them Davisms, but uh, you know, okay. again, you know, Dave's taught me so much, and uh, you know, we had a chance uh, way back um, to you know have a, a start at business together, and uh, you know, when we started working with people out there on innovation. Way before, uh, let's say, you know, the, the the phones we have today, and you know, the internet, the way it is, and it wasn't di- it was dial up back, uh, you know, those years, uh, or very slow, whatever they called it, uh, you know, when you know, internet just started. So, I mean, Dave, let let's bring everybody, you know, up to speed a little bit. Where uh, where have you been? Where are you going? You know, where where are you now? And where are you going? Well, I'm in Geraldton, West Australia, so if anybody knows where Australia is, that little island down the, down in the southern hemisphere, and I tell you right now, I don't know what it's like up there, but it's a balmy, like uh, 25 degrees Celsius at the moment, and it's only 
9 a.m. in the morning here, so the weather's beautiful. Sorry about the rain you guys are having up there in Portland. Must be uh, still the tears flowing from the Montreal Canadiens' loss, losing three <laughs> games in a row. But, uh, Ouch! <laughs> I am a Habs fan. Don't hold it against me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so now down here in uh, Geraldton, West Australia, we... Uh, a few years back, uh, the family decided to make a little bit of a lifestyle change. My uh, my folks actually, uh, as I'm Canadian-born, uh, moved to Australia in 81, and I moved with them. But uh, long story short, flipped back and forth between Australia, Canada, New Guinea. Uh, decided to come back with my wife and kids for a little bit of a lifestyle change. Got tired of the cold weather. Um, so, uh, yeah, decided to come down here and see what was going on with Australia. It wasn't, you know, with the time of the global financial crisis, and there wasn't uh, really an impact in Australia, especially in West Australia at the time, because the resources boom was going nuts down here. So decided to pack up and take a look in a, back to the old country, back to the visit my parents for a while and get them to spend some time with the grandkids and yeah, and, and show my wife what Australia is all about. Now I can't get her to leave. <laughs> well, do you blame her? <laughs> no, hell no. <laughs> I don't want to leave either. It's too beautiful down here. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so, um, you know. Again, I know you're working on something, uh, you know, that uh, is bringing the genius out of you. And, mm. you know, I just wrote my book, so I know, uh, you know, what it takes to write a book. But, you know, tell us a little bit about the book, Dave, and, you know, what's going on and, you know, when uh, when the folks can expect it, what's it called, and uh, what's it about? Yeah, absolutely. So, <clears throat> I guess it uh, would have been probably at least 12 months ago now, or probably even more than that, about 18 months ago, I sat down and decided, you know, what I'm going to be when I grow up and wanted to work out uh, what I'm going to do, uh, get my focus really succinct and clear in the sense of my uh, future. Um, and then uh, I've been spending the first half of my year, certainly as you know, flipping back and forth from different countries, working with organizations at different levels. Uh, and I said, like, what part really made me sing? Where In all the work that I've done over the the past 20 odd years as a young man, um, what, what, which part made me sing the most? And, you know, and I was, I guess, trying to really crystallize my own purpose at the time. And as I look back at all the work I've done with my clients, um, from the days that you and I first started working together, Chris, through to, uh, the most recent, you know, work I'm doing with clients today, it was always came back to once that organization crystallized their purpose of, uh, you know, why it really exists and the impact that it wanted to have on the world or their part of it, uh, you know, that's the part that really turned me on, I guess, if you like. I thought that was the sexiest part of the whole organizational process is when an organization realized why it really exists. <clears throat> so I started exploring that even more and said, you know, that's I, I'm a firm believer that your purpose uh, is where you do what you do best and what the world needs most. And when those two things cross, that's where your purpose lies. And so your ability to do whatever you love doing and how it impacts the world when you find that sweet spot, that's that's your purpose. Uh, and that's where I found it, and I uh, realized that that's what the world needs right now more than ever is uh, purpose-driven leaders. I mean, if you look at all the stats coming out, all the big consulting firms and their studies and research around the world, uh, there, you know, it's people are not engaged. About seventy percent of people in in the U.S. still report that they're not happy at work. They don't love what they're doing, you know. And, and I would imagine that those numbers would extrapolate through Canada, Australia, uh, wouldn't be too dissimilar. And you know, that's sad. I mean, that is so sad to think that we're in a world where there's 70% of people who are, who are in the workforce are not happy in their jobs. They're doing, right. not doing things that they love. Absolutely. So with that, yes, with that, you know, as I'm looking through all those statistics <clears throat> and as I research it further and further, and I'm like, you know, I'm on song here with what I'm thinking. And so how can I make that impact in the world then? And, you know, to 
help those people find greater joy. Well, the best way to do that would be to help leaders become purpose-driven. You know, whether they take the existing ones and help them to discover the purpose or rediscover the purpose, go back into their archives or whatever, or help new people who want to move into leadership roles or start their own businesses or become entrepreneurs, you know, get a clear sense of purpose when they start. So that, that, that was this sort of last 18 to 24 months now, actually, as I'm reflecting back, it's probably almost two years now, got time flies. <laughs> yes, um, it does. <laughs> and uh, so with that, I said, look, you know, how can, how can I reach out to as many people as possible? So, you know, obviously, you know, I've been doing using social media extensively. Uh, I mean, I work face to face with clients and that's great. But how can I get that message out to more people and sat down with um, a few people I know? And they said, look, you know, why don't you write in a book? All the stuff you work with us, put it in a book. And so we can have it as a tool and a resource. And so I said, OK, that's, that's a great idea. And, you know, I didn't want to write just any book. Uh, I didn't want to be another Me Too leadership book. I didn't want to do any of that sort of stuff. Um, and, and I'm also a bit of a quirky dude. I, I like to have a bit of a laugh and a joke. So to me, you know, life's going to be all about having fun and, and doing what you love. So I thought I'm going to write a book about really to strip down how to lead people on purpose because I'm also one of my core values is simplicity, you know, making things easy to understand. So I said, well, if I could take leadership to its leadership to its very barest essentials uh, and, and then help people to understand that and build from there. So the book's called Leader Strip. Right, which is stripping down how to lead people on purpose. Uh, so it's really taking away all the other guff and getting back to the basic fundamentals of what I call the leadership's job description. And when the book comes out, you'll see, which will be, uh, I'm expecting by my um, my big 5-0 uh, next year, So which is in uh, end of March. So by the end of the first quarter, the book should be out and available to the market. Um, but on the cover is me dancing on a stripper pole. So uh, Very edgy. Very edgy. <laughs> nice. Very edgy. <laughs> Yeah, I'll uh, I'll share the cover with you guys, uh, but uh, when yeah, just it's fully clothed, so don't don't panic. It's for your, all your listeners out there. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I got a face for radio and definitely a body for one as well. Uh, but anyway, so, so that, that I wanted to put it all together and in a resource and you know very cool, easily accessible, easy readable book about leadership and the core essence of it. And to, leadership's job description to me is quite simple: is you know identifying what the purpose is of your organization. And, you know, we're getting very clear on that, why your business exists. So purpose is what drives you. It's what gets you out of bed in the morning. It can keep you up at night too, but it's the one that gets you out of bed ready to go. Uh, and then imagine if that's what gets you out of bed and you can then share that with your team and get them involved and engaged in what you're doing and they buy into it. They can see what impact it has on their life. Then they're going to be driven as well. So it really covers, starts off a purpose that drives. And then the second component is having values that guide you. Because in an organization, I think core values uh, is one of the most critical things that organizations do well on paper, but not well in practice. Uh, you know, there's a lot of great organizations out there, so please don't get me wrong in that sense. But if you look at, um, you know, I use it as a very classic example. Enron had honesty and integrity as their core values, top of their two core values. Where are all the directors of Enron right now? Yeah, in jail. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so is it a corporate marketing placard, or is it actually truly core values that guide your business in the decision-making process that you can truly empower your team with. So, you know, so once again, so purpose that drives values that guide and I work leads through how to, how to develop your values, but also how to apply those values in your organization, how to use them in, in conversations. And one of my clearisms, of course, Chris, which most recent one that's been up was uh, every conversation either starts with values or brings the values into them as a leader. Right. 
Right? So if you're having a conversation mm -hmm. with anyone in your team, if it hasn't started with your values or it hasn't brought your values into it, they will not come to life. Right? And this is once again to truly empower uh, your, you know, your workforce and allow them to make decisions uh, because that empowerment gives them uh, freedom to think. And you know, we talked about innovation. The key to innovation is freedom. You need to allow your people to be free to think, but if you can give them some guidelines in which to do that thought process through, awesome. So purpose that drives, values that guide, and then the last thing is obviously a vision that inspires. So what does the world look like in 10, 20 years from now if you're fulfilling your purpose through your core values? <clears throat> excuse me. That's what we're looking for is something that's inspiring a view of the world for the future. You know, I see, my vision is I see a world where business is led on purpose where every business is led on purpose. I mean, that's a massive vision in its own right, because to imagine, think, going from 70% of the workforce are totally disengaged at work to having a fully engaged workforce. Can you imagine every country, just even the U.S. alone, where you guys are based out of, if every employee was fully engaged in what they did? Mm -hmm. what, what would those organizations <clears throat> be like? What would the economy be like? Well, you know, it just, it's mind-boggling at times. But, you know, that's my vision, is seeing a world where business is led on purpose. Uh, so there's my, my inspiring vision for me, and my purpose is uh, the business of purpose. All right, and then I have my core values that guide me. So no different for me. That's what my book is about, those three key things, and then how to use them as tools. I, I like it, you know, Batman with the utility belt. And so, I'm like, I throw the values values boomerang, or I pull out the vision and uh, or my purpose, and everything that I do with every conversation with everybody is, okay, how does that relate to our purpose? How does that tie into our values? Will that take us to where we want to go? Will that make us or create the world that we're looking for. So if you're a leader and you're looking for those sort of simple tools uh, and, and in a way where you can actually work with your team on those as well as you know getting people excited and bring people into your organization with those things, that's what this book's all about, the raw well, fundamentals. Great, uh, great summation, Dave. You know, I, you're, your book's talking about you know, another metamorphosis in our economy going from uh you know the, the what what I'm calling the stone age and that's what my folks grew up in mm. you know we're talking about the head generation and the and yep. the heart generation and the purpose generation and and what do those yep. things really mean and and with every kind of change like that there comes an awakening for people and it's either because of choice or by desire and what are yep. you finding in the marketplace right now because we're talking about this change having to happen right now it's upon us it's here companies are either going to get on board or they're going to get left behind what do you yep. see as the, uh, the the welcoming of this new phase uh, I think there's a, obviously a shift in the generations that are happening right now and you know we've got the millennials, I think, we're referring to them as these days, <clears throat> and you know, we, we're at the the legacy end of the baby boomer generation. We're at the beginning of the millennial uh, generation, or the early stages of it, at least. And you know, businesses I see today, everyone's sort of struggling with this sense of meaning or purpose in that sense. Uh, so, businesses are starting to see that, yeah, hey, you know, there's all this crap going on. Consumers are losing confidence in organizations. Uh, so what can we do to build that confidence? And that requires trust. Uh, so how, how is an organization can we create trust? Uh, how do we get the right people? How do we build the A team to, to help us to do that? Um, so I think we're, you're right on um, the mark there, Alan, with there is an awakening happening. And once again, to me, it's the heart generation. People are searching for meaning. The baby boomers are starting to realize now that what we we're looking for is meaning in our life. Like, so to, to define our life as we've lived now, so we're getting to the, the tail end. Uh, and then the, the millennials are coming in saying, well, I want 
meaning in what I do, so what, I, what my impact on the world would be. So everyone's looking for that same impact on the world, just at opposing ends of the uh, spectrum of meaning, I guess. So it's an interesting time in organizations, but I do believe going forward, those that focus clearly on purpose and doing what I, once again, my simple clarism is, I think businesses that they just focused on, if we do good and then make money and then do even more good and repeat. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think corporate social responsibility today, everyone's like, it's, I think this is what a mature organizations are now looking for corporate social responsibility. You know, v, VW or Volkswagen had a wonderful, you know, thing that corporate social responsibility is at the core of their being. And we all know what's happened with Volkswagen just recently. <laughs> you know, once again, is it, uh, it's, it's, the, it's the nice to do things. Hey, we're here, we're making money. That's the main thing. Let's do that first. And then, hey, when we, we, we better do some good because people like it when you do good. Uh, instead of saying, hang on, let's yeah. build a business that does good, and then we make money from that, and let's do even more good with that money, and then let's repeat that cycle. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So that's the that's shift. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you're going from what used to be the sexy, which is increasing shareholder profit, and now yeah. what's sexy is really giving back, making a difference, uh, going with yeah. a purpose in mind in the beginning and saying, hey, this mm. is me, pants down deal. Here's what we stand for. Here's what we're doing. Yep. Here's how you're helping us create and give and be. And that's a that's just a new philosophy. It's a new wave, and I think that the new generations are picking up on that. It's the older guys that you know that are the the old business that's going to have to get on board. Well, yeah, disruption if you just, is happening. Sorry, sorry I was oh, going to say disruption yeah. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Be disruptive. Uh, you know uh, that I think is awesome. I mean, if you look even just to your point, Alan, when you go back to what happened with Apple and Steve Jobs, like when when they became so shareholder focused and they got rid of him, what happened to Apple? Right, and then they brought him back. Of course, after he had great success with you know Pixar and a few other things, they brought him back and came back about focus on stakeholders. Mm-hmm. You know the, cons- the you know the consumer, the customers, the, the employee, the, the the vision again back to the the dream. Uh, you know, and then before you know it, the shareholder value took care of itself. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, and then that's that's for me. You know, as you guys both well aware, my my core philosophy is if you become the prophet of your purpose, you'll profit from your purpose. So the more you sing the song about why your business exists and, you know, uh, live it and breathe it, not just talk about it, the money will follow you. If you're, you know, you, you stay focused on that and what your business exists for, that builds the trust, builds all the, the relationships with the right people and everything like that, the business will follow you. You'll make the money. You know, you can make people who made money and look what's happened. Money, easy gain is easy lost. But if you want to build a long-term sustainable uh, impact to the world, then that would require you to actually focus on purpose first. Yeah. Well, you might. Sh- one of my. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and then that's stakeholder value, not shareholder value. Shareholder value. Yeah, you know, that's uh, one of my old mentors. Well, he's old, but he's also been around a while, and he's been my mentor for a long time. Um, once told me, and, and it sit with me, that, uh, you know, money and, and value just. You know, makes you more who you are. If you're a great person, it allows you to extend your own self beyond your own social presence, beyond your own abilities, and allows you to do good in the world. But if you're if you're an ass, it just makes you a bigger one. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, it's the same thing too. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, but and I, I I talk to people about money. You know, I'm not saying money's not important to business. It is critical, but to me, money and oxygen are the same thing. So, as human beings, we require oxygen to survive, right? But it's not why you exist. It's not what you were born to do, just to breathe. 
right? It's a core function of existing so you can fulfill your purpose. So absolutely no different to a business. Uh, you know, purpose is why you exist. Money, you need it to survive and, and carry on so you can do more good. But it's not, the purpose isn't to make money. You know, that's oxygen for your business. Yes, you need to be able to breathe. Get it. No problems. So that's how I uh, correlate those things to people when I'm talking about money. It's, yeah, it's oxygen for the business without that, but it's not why the business exists. Nobody gets up in the morning and goes, gee, I can't wait to get, put on my pants, my overalls, and I get my gloves on and go make my boss rich today. <laughs> right? But I know if I go to work where I'm working and I can make a massive difference in the world or in my, our part of it, and I'm going to feel really good about myself for doing that, and I know how that impacts my life, boy, I want to get involved in that. You know, and so that's what gets, that's, that's the sexy part. That's what people want. You know, and it's just that there's a triangle of what I call leadership, and it's people want three things. And you're like, I talk about the, the purpose, values, and vision. Uh, if you're a leader, if you can provide these three things to your team, you'll go gangbusters. And the first thing is something to believe in. Okay, what is that something they can believe in, which is your vision of the future and your purpose? And then they want someone to believe in. So you, the leader, do you have that vision and are you acting in accordance with that? And the last thing they want is someone to believe in them. Do you allow me to use the core values of our business to be making decisions and be empowered to actually do good? Or are you just, you know, you're just hiring me for my hands or are you hiring me for my head, my heart and my hands so that I can actually make a massive difference? So if you give them something to believe in, someone to believe in and be the someone to believe in them, you'll have a fully engaged, you know, team and you'll do massive good in the world. Yeah, Let any one of those down and it all falls apart. True, and I think people are finding that out now. You know, we're talking about a yeah. social environment, and social economy, where results are happening so much faster and so much more prudent and so much more visual to companies and to the public that they're yep. going, whoa, whoa, rubber meets the road here a little faster than usual. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but once again, we go back to those basic fundamentals, the best way to, to manage that uh, shift, the awakening, everything, however you want to look at the transition, is get those core things, you know, solidified. Those three things that people want, make sure you have the purpose, make sure you have the values, and that inspiring vision. Uh, I tell you what, it's not rocket science. And that's why, you know, once again, I tell people that leadership is simple. It is so simple if you do those things and you do them extremely well. And that's the stuff I work on with the leaders that I, uh, the executive leaders that, that I coach uh, and work with, and once again, the foundations of my book is all that. Just keep it simple. Doesn't need to be any more complicated. Mm -hmm. And that uh, there's a lot of truth in that. Now, you know, Dave, an entrepreneur and becoming one. You know, when I looked back and when I was uh, 30 years old, and um, you know, in in an environment where, to your point, going to work to you know make my boss rich um, obviously uh, didn't excite me. But, um, you know, I certainly liked what I did, but yeah. there was something about, you know, becoming an entrepreneur and, you know, there's a thought process that goes through. And when you look back at your journey, you know, what was sort of the aha moments, the emotion, the thoughts to share with, you know, our audience that either may have a career, is currently mm -hmm. an, you know, entrepreneur, um, you know, maybe are stuck. And, you know, what was the shift that when you, you know, finally had that, hey, listen, I'm going after leadership because I see the challenge in it and I see the problems because I'm a big believer that, you know, when you can solve a problem, 
someone else's problem specifically Mm -hmm. in business, then to your point, yes, money will follow because you're you're doing something on a on a a a grander level. can you share a little bit about you know your shift and and you know when you became an entrepreneur for those listening that either are or they're in a career and they're maybe thinking of that because you know we get a big audience around that type of stuff and we'd like to be able to share that you know aha moment if you want. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I'm a slow learner. Firstly, <laughs> it took me a while to work this stuff out. Uh, it, <laughs> <Hasn't> it, <laughs> I think it has for everybody. <laughs> oh, you know, and, uh, but, and so that's the first part I, I'd like to share. But it doesn't matter where you are in your journey. It's where you're going that matters. You know, you could be 60, 70 years old and getting started. It doesn't make a difference to me. Um, if you're getting started if you, or you have something you want to get started, don't think, oh, I'm too old to get it started. And the way the world is today, you might need to resource people if you're not you know, up to speed with certain technologies or social media stuff, then you can source that stuff these days. It's quite simple. Um, so firstly, just, you know, just like me, don't, don't worry if you're old. All right. Uh, just get started if you have a dream. But for me, I guess I was brought up in a traditional sort of a family where, uh, you know, my dad, love him to death, um, he was, uh, you know, in, employed and doing that. He did an apprenticeship trade, and, you know, as they did back in the baby boomer days, and he did all this stuff. Uh, and then, you know, he decided to go into business for himself uh, and a venture in there, and he had a few goes at it, and, and unfortunately it was not very successful at the time. And then went back into the career mode and then did very well in, uh, you know, in, in roles and in, in jobs and organizations, and he was outstanding at that. So I guess when I was growing up, the condition that, you know, we'd received was, you know, hey, get a secure, stable job, you know, get with the government, the telcos, the banks, whatever it was, and, you know, work hard, you know, do really well, you'll climb the corporate ladder, you make really good money at it, and, you know, then you can retire and have a good lifestyle. Um, so to me, you know, that's what my conditioning was, and so, you know, I did that. I got a, actually a job with a bank uh, here in Australia when I was young lad, and I, I started climbing that corporate ladder, uh, you know. Uh, and I did work hard, and I did all those things Dad told me to, and I did climb the corporate ladder, and it was great. But, you know, I don't know if you guys ever experienced, but sometimes it's just this little whisper in the back of your brain saying, there's got to be more to it than this. This can't be how my life is meant to be, sitting here, working through this, climbing this ladder, working, you know, get up, do the same routine every day for 40 years of my life, you know, so then I can retire and, and hopefully, you know, live a reasonable life on a pension, having spent 40 years. Not, you know, I did enjoy it, but it, I don't know, there was just something missing. But, you know, so for about 10 or so years with the bank, and then I, I started getting really itchy, okay, so I'm about 25 years old or whatever. I was, I was about 29 years old at the time, and I'm like, I'm getting itchy here, okay, I'm getting towards my 30s, and, you know, there's got to be something more to this. And then, uh, you know, I took an opportunity to go to Papua New Guinea and move to New Guinea with my young family at the time, uh, and it was a bit of a risky career move, so I was looking for a little bit of risk, a little bit of adventure, a way to fill this you know, thing that was inside me, this whisper was getting louder and louder to me. I need to do something. I've got to get, you know, I, I, this is not what I'm meant to be doing. Uh, so I took an opportunity to leadership development in Papua New Guinea, working with the national people there, which is life changing in its own sense for the 15 or 16 months or the 15 months that I was there. But once again, with that, um, as I worked in that, I really got a great taste for leadership, and I'd been doing a lot of leadership stuff in the bank at the time, and then I'd got put onto some, you know, some really great personal development programs, and I'm so I'm discovering all the stuff about personal development and becoming the best you, and uh, you know, setting big pictures of, uh, you know, big hairy audacious goals, and all these things we heard about back in the '90s and the '80s, and 
I just, I guess, so with all that going into me, you know, these new inputs coming into my system, starting to wear down the previous conditioning that I had. Uh, and then I to say I took a little bit more of an, you know, I'd never been to New Guinea people, so you're not going to go there and take a look first. I'm like, nah, hell no, let's just go. <laughs> it's an adventure. Let's do it. I need an adventure. <laughs> so, so I took that, and, and an adventure it was, and we could do a whole podcast on life there. Um, but so that was there. And then as I got more into leadership and, and was working with these national managers uh, and looking at human brain and stuff like that, you know, when I landed in New Guinea, I was told, you know, just do your job, Dave, here. These people, you can't teach them anything. You show them something. And two weeks later, they'll be back doing what they always did. And, you know, and I knew better than that. I knew how our mind works. And I'd done all the, you know, the learning in that space and basic psychology. And I said, no, they just haven't had the same development opportunities that we've had. And, and so my job was there to make an impact and make a difference. And I guess when I was there and I saw the shift in those, the national managers and the people that I got to work with in such a short period of time, because I didn't buy into the, the BS that I was being told to because of the conditioning that they had received. Um, it was like phenomenal. And I just, and then that's also the whisper became louder and it became sort of like a, uh, you know, a bit of a low roar. And when we chose to leave New Guinea, um, came back to Australia for a brief period of time to uh, give birth to our uh, second child at the time, I said, okay, well, we're going to go back to Canada now and see what's going on there. I didn't want to come back to Australia. I wasn't ready because I was probably, in my mind, I'm probably, if I look back and was honest with myself, it's like I didn't want to slip back into that old conditioning again. So I needed to go somewhere else. Sure. So I, we took the risk and moved the family to Canada. And, you know, thank God for that because I wouldn't have met you, Chris. Uh, so, and now I wouldn't be talking with Alan. So, you know, this is a wonderful part of moving around the world. So going there, I started looking for, oh, we'll find a job. And as I started looking, all of a sudden I had found an opportunity. And, you know, I wasn't in a great financial position. We'd sold our house. We had some cash to, you know, get us off the ground and get us running. But it was, it was by then it was like, you know what, the roar is getting too loud for me to ignore. And so I just saw this opportunity with an international uh, personal organizational development company. I knew that's where uh, I was at my best. It's what I loved doing the most. It's where I'd had a lot of training and development in that space because someone had recognized in me. And I said, you know what, much to uh, Richard Branson, screw it, let's do it. And uh, invested in a franchise, if you like, or a license for, to be a uh, leadership development business and yeah it just it was just one of those things i just i guess when they think about it as an entrepreneur if you're working for somebody take some quiet time and listen to what's going on in the back of your mind is this what you are meant to be doing you know i, I i'm thankful for all that stuff because i learned tremendous amounts of things that i've now been able to apply i was you know in hindsight i look back said so it wasn't a bad thing i don't say oh damn it i wish i started earlier i'm saying you know, thankfully, I was I learned a lot, and I made sure that every stage of my journey, I was learning and translating it into meaningful things that I could do to take me to the next layer of success in my mind, um, and and help me become more and become more, um, you know, in that journey. But you know, and then when I did get to the stage where I went in business myself, it was for me. I wanted to prove to myself. So if anyone's out there working in a business. You know, not that people tell you what you're worth, but you buy into someone's value of you when you say, here, this job is worth $80,000, and I'm willing to trade X amount of hours of my time for that. I'm saying that this amount of my time is worth $80,000. And I'm saying that's great, but I wanted to determine more so whether how much my time was worth it to me. Sure. And prove to myself what I could achieve and what I could accomplish. Uh, and that's, I guess that was the last straw for me is like, I need to show myself succeed or fail don't care this i have to do this if i don't do it now i'm never going to do it and so i did took the plunge and you heard it you know again it's that whisper and uh, you know i think yeah. everybody on the uh 
on the call can agree as well as the audience that uh, we all have that you know in in some way yeah. um there's something talking to us in a you know in a in a in a greater sense and um you know i can i can relate to your story uh very much and you know when you want to go off and do something and you know even to switch gears or what i like to call pivoting even when you are an entrepreneur you're own your own businesses and you know maybe started somewhere and you know we just had a, a chat with uh jj burden who was in football and then moved into you know a different business and then started that business and then went off to something else and you know when you find it and and you know again i always say that you know when you have a vision of where you're going to be at the end mm. you know when you get there um what is the feeling you're you know you're really after and you know that's really what it comes down yeah. to is is i you know i'm a big believer in being happy and you know again getting to that happy place can happen right now and uh, i try to Absolutely. practice this all the time and you know you know, sometimes a step back and, and, you know, you have to look at things. But, you know, the point being is, you know, happiness um, is really just a sense of what you're doing now, no matter what it is, knowing that you're going in the direction and, you know, accepting those things that happen to you along the way as, you know, signs. And, you know, nothing happens that, you know, is bad. It's just a, it's a, it's a matter of shifting you or pushing you or pivoting you in that direction of where you're going to, you know, end up and having that vision of that. But that's an important thing is that you, you need to know where you're going. Um, and more or less, you need to know who you are. And listening to that little whisper, you know, is, yeah. is that person telling you who you are? Mm-hmm. And that's the big thing. And I, and I think we can all agree that, you know, on the call, um, here today, um, you know, great story. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks for sharing. Oh, my that. pleasure. You know, uh, you, you raised a really interesting point there, Chris. Uh, and this is what I work with my kids on, um, and you know, young people. But I also do this with uh, you know some mature age clients that I have. Uh, but certainly today, you know, you talk about you know, people. I could show you how to get anything you want right now, any goal you want for yourself. I can show you how to get it right this minute. Um, and very simply, is you know, if you, people say, "Oh, what do I want?" and you know, an example. Um, my daughter wanted a, a new iPhone back when, you know, a couple of years ago when they were first coming out, you know, what 12 year old shouldn't have the most expensive I, iPhone in the world? You know, it's, <laughs> and I, so I sat down and said, okay, that's what I want. Okay. And I said, so why do you want that? And what, you know, what do you want it for? What's it going to do for you? And so well, I had to talk to my friends about all this stuff. So we wrote all this stuff down, little mind map. Uh, and that's okay. Why do you want to do that? Uh, and why do you want to do that? And why did you want to do that? And why do you want to do that? And once we got all the whys down, I said, what could you do right now that would give you that? And well, I could you know you know go do this after school with these people. I could join this club where I could do these things here, and I could do that. Okay, great. And said, so just go do those things. For sure. And then she started doing those things. Um, she now has a, not like a, a, you know the technology in that, but at the time it was able to get exactly what she really wanted without having to have you know we we put form to that thing. We thought well that's the thing that's going to make me happy. No, but it's what that thing does for us that will, that, and then why we want that, that makes us the happy. So to your point about happy, and that's what I, you know, work with uh, people on. If you really want to know what it is you want, start with what you think you want, and then work out what the reasons you want that for, and then why do you want those things, and then where can I get that why right now and other things in my life. Right. And you'd be surprised before you know it, you, you don't even need that because it's the function that you were looking for, not the form. There you go. We mentally put a form to it and said, that's the thing that will make me happy. And then sometimes when you get that thing, it's not it didn't make you happy because actually you didn't go to the pure essence of what you wanted it for in the first place. So that you know, when as I was listening to you, I said that you know that's it. You're bang on, mate. That's exactly 
you know, what people need to be thinking about. Yeah, it's tough. You know, most people, or a good portion of us, and we've all been there, have been in the employee yep. mindset. There's nothing wrong with being an employee, but you're living up to somebody else's expectation. And what you're doing is you're building a life and a business for them on their objective. And we yep. don't have time and we don't have that uh, resource to be able to fulfill it ourselves. And I think it's a big, uh, you know, hurdle that a lot of startup entrepreneurs face. Yeah, without a doubt, I wonder the. If you know, if you're employed, don't. It's not a bad thing. It's you know, uh, sometimes you know, for the kids, they they're both. Say, once again, my two children are here. Um, I've got one in Canada. The two here, they're working on their own entrepreneurial business, and they have part-time jobs. And they know that the jobs they need to have at the moment to help them achieve their goals. Sure. And I said, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, start now, kids. Don't wait. And you know, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But you'll learn something along the way, so don't worry about it. Uh, but if you're employed with an organization and you see that as part of your journey to learn the things you need to learn so that you can become the entrepreneur that you may want to be, um, or you may just be happy doing all those things, that's awesome. There's no right or wrong. There's no judgment to those people who are career people or people who want to become entrepreneurs or buy a business or do whatever. Um, but put it, I say, put it in its place. You know, right now uh, here in uh, West Australia, I, I run a not-for-profit organization as well. Uh, and it's uh, you know helps people get apprenticeships, traineeships, organization development, training development, you know recruitment, all these things, and it's part of my and it's a not for profit, but we raise money which we put back into the community, so it's a profit for purpose organization. So you know I look at that part of my life and go that fits beautifully with who I am and what I stand for and what I believe in, and it's helped me to fine tune and tweak all the skills as a leader because I practice all what I preach uh, in the not for profit I run as well. And, you know, so, you know, if you're employed, that's awesome. As long as you know where it fits into your scheme of life and your learning mm -hmm. journey. And sure. then you can take those learnings. And you know, no different. I reflect back now on my time in the 13 years in the bank and the time in New Guinea and the, <laughs> the stuff. Uh, those were all part of my journey. And, and I was able to take all those learnings and now put it into play. If you can do it sooner, good on you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I said, I'm a bit of a slow learner. Uh, <laughs> Uh, for a rapid processor, I'm pretty slow. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it just took me a lot of time to, to let go of the, the, all the stuff that was blocking the whisper from becoming a roar. It was actually a roar. I just buried it. And so when I'm under so much, you know, conditioning that I'd received that it was just a whisper that I could hear. Sure. But it was already a roar. Sure. Yeah. So, but yeah, you know, so the, the, that's what I would just, it's not a bad thing to have a job. And if you want to keep your job and stay in the job, just do something you love. That's all I say. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Perfectly well said. Absolutely well said. And, uh, you know, there's some great things that uh, that you've done in your life. You're being very transparent. Thank you so much. I know the listeners oh. are going to love what you're talking about. Uh, but as we get close to wrapping up, I just, I, you know, I, Chris and I have talked a lot about this, and it's a, it's a big question we'd like to ask everybody. Uh, what's one thing of, of all your wisdom and all your experiences and of all the eyes that you've looked in and all the hands and, and uh, shoulders that, uh, that you've held, what's the one thing you'd like to leave this listener base with? Oh, that's a big question. There's so many things out of it. But if I, once again, if I got back to the pure thing, it would be back to what I stand for, which is, um, you know, become the prophet of your purpose and you will profit from your purpose. It's do good first. And, you know, in the sense of doing what you love doing, find it, whatever it is that makes your heart sing and do that and do the crap out of it. Because that's what the world needs right now is more people <laughs> whose hearts are singing. So whether that's in a career or on your own thing or doing whatever, um, find out who you want to help in life, right? And what problem you want to solve for those people. 
And whether you do it through a job or a career or you do it as an entrepreneur and find a different way to solve that problem, do that. That's what the world needs right now. So what I would like to leave the listeners with is find out what makes your heart sing, find out what the world needs most and where those things intersect. Be excellent in that space. Be awesome in that space. And, you know, just pour everything into it. That is well put. And, uh, you know, again, given you shall receive. Big believer. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Big believer. It's kind of funny. My life philosophy was always I give to get. And people are like, well, that's a bit selfish. No, I give. And, you know, as you well aware, because I do a lot of charity work and I do a lot of community stuff. And uh, But I give to get happiness. It makes me happy to do that. Mm -hmm. Happiness sure. is a choice. There's only two ways I can be happy in life, and that's if someone gives me something or I give something to somebody. Right? I can't control what people give me, but I can control what I give to others. So if I want to be happy in my life, then I know if I give, it makes me happy. So I give to get happiness, and that's, mm -hmm. you know, that's simple. For sure. And well put. And, you know, Dave, we can talk all night. I mean, you have yeah. some great <laughs> or stuff. Or all morning. <laughs> all morning if uh, you're in the, that hemisphere. And, and yeah. you're absolutely right. You know, again, we appreciate you coming on. It's been a great show, you know, for us. And, and you know, we know our audience is going to get a lot from what, um, you know, shared tonight or today, uh, yeah. depending on where you are. But. You know, again, um, we want to thank you. People that want to get a hold of you, just quickly, if you can let them know how to do that. Yeah, simply, uh, certainly, uh, obviously through my website, daveclare.com, D-A-V-E-C-L-A-R-E.com, or email dave at daveclare.com. Uh, <laughs> certainly on through Skype. Hey, if you Skype, uh, my uh, Skype ID is my online coach. So one word, just you can contact me through there. Um, probably easiest way, probably very expensive to call Australia. So just those would be the two easiest ways to get a hold of me. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and just be very careful because I may be on the golf course if I don't answer. <laughs> yes, you're an avid golfer. And, you know, again, Dave's in the house. And, you know, I have to say thank you so much. Appreciate it. Uh, you shared some great stuff, and, and I know your website's jammed with some amazing things, and you're, you're doing thank so you. many different courses, and, and you're teaching people. I, you know, again, thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart, and thank you uh, for listening, uh, you know, our great audience. Thank you, Alan Witch, my bestest uh, co-host. Uh, always got great only questions. Co and only <laughs> You're awesome. You guys are awesome. <laughs> and uh, always ask great questions. I love listening, and I did a lot of listening this evening. So thank you very, very much. Uh, thank you for what you guys are bringing to the world, too. Uh, you know, this is awesome that you're able to share this. You know, I'm a firm believer on let's educate to engage people. And what you guys are doing is outstanding. And uh, the, the caliber of the host, uh, sorry, the, the caliber of the host for sure, and the caliber of your guests maybe even including this one, is uh, <laughs> it's been outstanding so far, and I can just see you guys going from bigger and uh, bigger things. So uh, thank you very much for what you guys are doing. Well, we're very honored and uh, humbled, Dave, that you uh, stopped by and uh, wanted to chat. We very much appreciate that, and I know the uh, listeners will too. Thank yeah, you I much. Tee off in, uh, I tee off in 65 minutes, mate, so I best be getting on. <laughs> True story. <laughs> well, there you go. You had it. And thank you very much for uh, taking the time. And thank you uh, to our audience. We really appreciate it. Uh, and as I always sign off, make sure you do something nice for someone today. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.